Hello, corn dogs. Have you ever wanted to start your own podcast? Well, Anchor by Spotify is your solution. Anchor allows you to make a podcast in the easiest way possible. Let me explain. Anchor has tools to let you record and edit your podcast from your phone or computer. It also distributes all your podcasts for you, and you can listen on Spotify, Apple, wherever, and Anchor does all that for you. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, enjoy the show. Watch a new and podcast, watch a new and podcast, watch a new and podcast, watch a new and podcast. They're a semi-chaotic team, man. They're here for podcasting. Watch a new and podcast. Watch a new and podcast. They're headed to the tri-state to hang with Phineas and Ferb. So come along for all the thrill with Felipe, Navi, and Will. They're firing up the Rewatchinator. This is what we're going to do today. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of What You Doing, a Phineas and Ferb Rewatch podcast. It is me, your favorite Perry the Platypus toy, Felipe, and I'm not alone. I am with my favorite slushy burger employee, slushy dog employee, Will. Will, how are you doing? Ha 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 ha. I'm doing great. I, I should have practiced the laugh uh, before this. Yeah. But... Uh... The, the hearty har laugh. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm, I'm excited to talk about these episodes. Yes, and we're not alone. As always, we are joined by our favorite person who wants to be catapulted into a big vat of mud. <laughs> Navi. Uh, yes, that's definitely something that I want to do. Thank you uh, for such a great intro. That was great. Yes, yeah. today we're talking... Jerk de Soleil and Toy to the World here on What You're Doing. And what a two-parter that we got. We, yes, before you ask, we will be covering the Renap discussion <laughs> from this episode. But we got some interesting episodes to discuss today. Not my favorite ever, but I definitely enjoyed the first one a lot. The second one was a little more ho-hum, but we'll get to it. We'll get to it in these opinions. Um, first things first, everyone's doing well on this March 10th. Doing great. Mario Day. Mario Day? Because it, it it's like oh, March 10th, 10th okay. so yeah. it's like M-A-R-1-0. Like Did you say Mario. this in the Wario Casino? Uh, no, I didn't. They Wario probably wouldn't be too happy about it. Yeah, uh, it's, it's like a big big thing that Nintendo celebrates on social media, I think. It's Mario Day on March 10th. Well, I missed a memo, apparently. <laughs> but we're here for Mario Day. It's almost Pi Day. Um, Josh Wiggler's so, birthday Eve. Yes, happy birthday, Dad. Pre, this will be released on his birthday. So, if if you are listening to this, tell him that we said happy birthday on this podcast because I doubt he'll listen to this. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so we got pie day on Saturday, Sunday. Uh, are either of you gonna get pie like Akiva probably will? I might. I might. What kind of pie? Oh. See that's the thing. It's, it's, I don't know. I don't know where to get pie. 
or I, I guess do I do I get grocery store pie or do I get like you should get one of those mini pies because then you can feel satisfied and then if you won't eat the whole pie maybe this mm. is just a me thing but if I buy a giant pie then I'm gonna eat the whole pie in like one sitting and not eat dinner that night and that will be a mistake so I'll get a mini pie I don't know if they Ooh, have like that. a chicken pot pie Ooh, or a shepherd's pie shepherd's pie does shepherd's pie count as pie they call it pie but it's like it's mashed potatoes the top is mashed potatoes i don't know if it counts who knows that's we can put it to twitter poll respond in the in the tweets is shepherd's pie a pie um but yeah navi how about you are you getting a pie uh this may be a controversial take but i'm not a big pie person you're not a pie guy or pie gal (laughs) no i'm not a pie gal (laughs) yeah um speaking of before we get into anything navi was on community building this week we stand a queen yeah it was a ton of fun doing the uh community building podcast with josh wiggler the aforementioned josh wiggler everyone's dad i guess now (laughs) or i guess whoever's in the server he's america's dad dad. yeah (laughs) but specifically my dad yeah, and uh, Jess Sterling of the Shit 90 Shows Taught Me podcast. Uh, yeah, it was a ton of fun. It, we went on Twitch, like it was live on Twitch, which was very exciting. I was oh not expecting God. that. Uh, but yeah, it was fun uh, talking about that episode. I can probably talk more about it once we get to our plugs. But yeah, overall, it was a fun time. I highly yes. recommend listening to it. Yes, we have to get the the community building stands in here of course so we had to reference that because we probably have some new listeners let's hope and i was like well you're obviously here for navi because she's a queen (laughs) um but i wish (laughs) so yeah so we're going to be talking about jerk de soleil first uh where should we start friends well, we're going to start off with uh, Baljeet arriving at Phineas and Ferb's house because they're going to go to Cirque de Lune, which I guess is a play on Cirque du Soleil. Yeah. 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 Uh, but Lawrence reads the morning paper and it's like, oh, yeah, the circus is canceled because someone had like an allergic reaction and can't perform. So they're like, I guess you're not going to the circus now. Um, yeah. But they seem to take it fairly well. Even Baljeet, I was surprised he wasn't as much sadder. Yeah, I was surprised that they weren't like super, you know, upset about it. Because I imagine kids that age would be like, but I want to go to that. I don't know. Were you guys big circus people? I personally was not. But I went once. I was not the biggest circus person, but I also like did not love the smell of the circus. I could not tell you a single person I know that is a circus person. Um... I like I, I am not a circus person. Uh, I've never been to a circus. I've never even like had an opportunity to go to a circus. Uh, granted, as as we've mentioned before, I famously grew up in Oklahoma, uh, where there's not a lot of circuses. I feel like there's a lot of more local fairs in Oklahoma that I didn't there's really some, go to. There's some some uh, traveling carnivals. Yeah. Uh, there's there's a lot of rodeos, uh, but. Uh, I, I, I went to a rodeo one time. Also not a huge fan. I'm not a rodeo guy. But uh, never never been a circus guy either. Yeah. Um, I feel like, did Dumbo take place in Oklahoma? The live action one? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look Ooh. this up. I didn't watch the live action one. Yeah, I, I mean, let it, me go fast. It was check. one of the better live action Disney things, I will say. 
Um, nothing beats the Aladdin live action for me, but <laughs> I don't know if that's a hot take. Uh, I forgot how sad the start was. I just see World War One amputee, Spanish flu outbreak, and elephants like being in cages. I'm like, oh, maybe yeah. This this is a sad movie. Yeah, I mean the circus. Like I don't I don't know if they Joplin, maybe... Missouri treat animals more ethically now but i i feel like at least maybe this sort of like quintessential picture of a circus i have in my mind like the the barnum and bailey stuff like uh feels very like not uh not too animal friendly so i'd I'd have to imagine from from perspective of the elephants it's not a happy movie yeah um yeah but i i'm a sucker for dumbo obviously problematic imagery in it maybe not big circus people anymore rightfully so for animal reasons but i don't know i I love dumbo dumbo's one of my favorite disney characters um and i was so upset when those children made fun of his ears and the other elephants like his aunts and uncles were making fun of his ears and then jumbo mama jumbo rightfully attacked those kids because they were awful to her child Okay. She's an elephant. She's not a human. She we can we can support her being reckless. Um, <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm did, this. did Mama Jumbo get the Harambe treatment? <gasps> I I uh I don't remember very much of Dumbo, but is is this what happened? No, did, she did... got she got put in a cage and then okay. everything okay. at the end. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Um spoilers for Dumbo. <laughs> but... <laughs> okay. Spoilers for Harambe too, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Um, All right, well, uh, moving away from that depressing note. (laughs) Just on the topic of what we've talked about episode-wise, this is also where we get the reveal that Candace has a wild Parsons allergy. Yeah, I was uh, about to mention that uh, her mom was, like, uh, talking about how Candace had the parsnip allergy, wild parsnips to be exact. Uh, But she's also excited because that means her husband, Lawrence, can uh, go with her to the Googleplex mall so that they can record the uh, jazz trio's first album. What is it called again? Live Live at the the Squat and Stitch. Yeah, Live at the Squat and Stitch, Uh, which I'm sure will be uh, racking up all the Grammy noms when it hits streaming services. Hey, if, if Yummy can get nominated for a Grammy then then evil boys can get nominated for a grammy what got nominated for grammy Ju- uh, justin bieber's yummy goodbye goodbye this was a great podcast <laughs> <laughs> oh, look wow. he's got that yummy 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 okay i'll stop so uh, Isabella says that it would be fun to be uh, work in the circus and that gives Phineas the inspiration of what they're going to do today. Um, so they're going to make a background a circus and they're all going to have like different sort of parts, I guess, like someone's going to, you know, do something. I don't know. They didn't really do tip, like stereotypical circus things I found, like kind of going ahead into later. Mm-hmm. Into the episode, it, was, but... it was really kind of a talent show on a tent yeah pretty much <laughs> kind of lame to be honest very lame um honestly but at least the only animal that was harmed was probably perry <laughs> Perry volunteered to go back in during his fights so maybe yeah. he wanted to be part of the circus yeah 
And even then, it wasn't like really physical. I think it was more so his pride that was wounded. So uh, I guess they decide uh, what their parts will be. So Ferb is going to set up the tent. Phineas will be the ringmaster. Um, the fireside girls are going to make their costumes. And Perry is going to be the amazing Perry. And like, what is his costume? Uh, like he has like the <laughs> bra and like the hula shirt, skirt and like a weird mask. Like I did not understand. Do you have any idea what they were going for with that? I have no idea. I, I I never myself have seen Cirque du Soleil. Um, so I don't know if it's even like in in that vein at all. I know like Ferb's costume looked like a like a court jester or something. I, w- I was kind of living for the costumes in, in this episode. I, I really enjoyed them. It looks like they could be at Mardi Gras more than <laughs> like, I don't know. I feel like I don't know what they were going for. They kind of give me vibes from the Hunchback of Notre Dame. The, mm. the what's that? Uh, like Carnival, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. What's a uh, topsy turpy moment? Mm, okay. That guy. I forget his name. Um. But yeah, him. Um. <laughs> yeah. I I will say, uh, Baljeet has his uh his removing the finger sort of trick that he does. Like he's like, I can do this. And they're like, I love okay. that. Yeah, that was really cute. And then I love that they gave him the special effects. Like this whole thing. thing. Can you do it, Will? You can do yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Oh! Sort of a, I don't know no. if I can do it. No. Audio podcast, but. Um... No, I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not coordinated. There's, there's another kid at the table who he's like, oh, Django? my. Yeah, so he says, my trick is I can put my foot over my head and then he kind of can't do it. I had no idea who this kid was. He like, shows where, up in other episodes. Where has this kid been for eight episodes? He shows Turns up out, in other was, episodes though, right? Yeah, so so after looking, after finding out that his name was Django, uh, this is the same Django Brown who was in the surfing competition. From, oh, right, right, um, right. You know, a month and a half ago. That, that he was he was one of the surfers. Uh, he was he was the surfer that was that that Buford was like beating him up. He's like, he's, he's beating him with Bobby Nelson. Yeah, uh, that was in Backyard Beach, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so I think that's the only time we've seen him so far. And he's only in about like 15 episodes in the whole series. Uh, so I was, I was very confused for the longest time who this kid was and why he only like sometimes gets to hang out with us. Yeah, no, he comes back in other episodes. I feel like there's the shrinking episode. That's a thing, right? Where they shrink. Mm-hmm. We'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think he comes back in other episodes, but he's like very much like he only gets the invite. He's probably he's definitely the kid who's in his own group text, and then they have a separate group text with everyone. So. <laughs> it's it's, well, it's like there's there's a Phineas and Ferb and Isabella group text, and then there's a Phineas and Ferb and Isabella and Buford and Baljeet group text text, mm-hmm. and then there's one that also has Django in it. Yeah. There's a lot of them that don't have him in it, but he probably thinks that the one that he's in is the only one that exists. Yeah. If I were Django, I'd be very paranoid about these these group texts that I'm not in. Yeah, I would get the major case of FOMO from that. So as the kids are making the tent, uh, Perry, who's still in costume, goes to his uh, get his assignment from Major Monogram. And Major Monogram... Uh, very uh finds the whole thing very funny yeah 
he he does not take Agent P seriously in, in his circus costume. Yeah. Yeah. He even takes like a picture or a video and is like, oh, I have to send this to you, Carl. <laughs> yeah. We get another Carl reference, but no Carl in this episode. So hopefully he'll start showing up more. Mm-hmm. Now uh, we go back to the backyard and Buford arrives with all his props for his sort of, uh, I guess, uh, talent or show, I guess. Um, and Candace walks uh, over to the tent to see what's going on. Uh, and she calls Linda when she hears the uh, elephant noise. Um, so yeah, what was your, uh, did I miss something? Did I skip ahead? I think I did. Um, did, was this the episode where Candace makes her the photo of her and the photo of Jeremy kiss? Um, I think, I think so. I think that's, yeah, that is, in this she starts episode. the next one at the, at the toy shop. Oh yeah. But before, before agent P talks to, talks yeah. to major monogram, I have written in my notes, Candace being creepy AF. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's in reference I, to making the pictures kiss. I have are like of my family in this house. I don't have like some random person from school like have them their own photograph yeah it's like she she doesn't just have a, a picture of jeremy she has a framed picture of jeremy mm-hmm. she bought a frame for this or at least used a frame for this was this one of the pictures that she took with her phone like the one picture that turned out okay <laughs> it could have been it could have been but it, and at that point you know she's she's gone through the trouble to to print a photo from her phone i can name zero times in my life when i've taken a picture from my phone and put it onto paper <laughs> so uh as uh, uh that happens uh linda blows her off because she's like in the middle of her performance and so candace uh goes downstairs downstairs to where everyone is and jeremy shows up with the basket of vegetables from his mother's garden who's also in the jazz trio as well yeah. and uh but at first candace is all go ahead we leaping candace and no, jeremy's mom right like there's like a ton of nondescript blonde ladies mm-hmm. she's either the drummer she's in the audience knitting I, those are my i think she's in the band i think, okay. I think yeah. the band is is uh, Linda and Jeremy's mom and and Mrs. Garcia Shapiro. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought, but we I feel like we would have been introduced to Jeremy's mom. Like, yeah, I I don't know if she's she's spoken yet or if she even ever does. Uh, but uh, I don't think I don't think we've seen her speak. Yeah. No, I don't think so. Um, so Candace takes the basket from him and she's like, you know, of course, like thirsting all over him. And then, uh, she starts getting these reactions and it turns out in the basket are the wild parsnips. And she, her voice starts getting all weird too. Uh, I feel really bad for Candace in this moment. Yeah. She, she asked like, are, are there any parsnips in here? And Jeremy's like, I think that's all that's in there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it looks really gross too. Like her skin starts getting all red and like itchy, and I'm like, oh. Yeah, it does not look look comfortable. Like no no amount of lotion is gonna is gonna help this like not feel terrible. But also, her first stop should be at the pharmacy, not at the not at the her mother. Like, <laughs> uh, also, we never got closure. I know we're skipping ahead, but just because she falls out of the sky she her allergies are gone i feel like that's not a thing 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, it might be like a, like a exposure thing that like she was around the parsnips and it, and it makes her allergic for so long. And then once she's like not around them for long enough, then it's fine. Yeah. Um, but it, it really shows that, you know, Candace's number one priority is busting even more so than her own personal health and safety. Yeah. Very one track mind, Candace Flynn. All right, yeah. so at Doofenshmirtz Evil Incorporated, uh, D- uh, Doofenshmirtz is using like I don't know, like an audiobook to help him try to like have a deeper voice and to be more I don't know, like alpha. I guess. How would you describe this? Is this something guys do? Um, I think it's something that like twelve or thirteen year old boys do. <laughs> Like you do, you definitely have a lot of like uh I don't know like like uh twelve year old boys that if if they've not gone through puberty yet then they like very they try very hardly to to sound like their voice is deeper than it is to make you think that they're like I don't know a man or something. Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 a very like uh, I, don't uh, I ever did this. I didn't harmful stereotype. Exactly. Um, Thank you. But uh, I, I I've definitely seen too many people who who try and do something like this just just because they want to seem maybe more masculine than they are yeah well will never needed needed to do that probably because he has a very deep voice oh no i i uh don't know that i i care too much about how deep my voice is but there's a lot of people who who uh a lot of a lot of like teenage boys who do and and think that that matters more than it does honestly the real person we should be asking is navi because navi's the only one who i've heard lately trying to do deep voices oh yes <laughs> hi uh, the spirit of zach muhammad is uh possessing this body right now yeah um i will say on this note um as someone who had like or who has a high-pitched voice um, and like as someone who works in radio, I actually have to like project my voice or use it in a certain way so that it doesn't come across as super high pitched and breathy. I remember in high school that like kids would always like make fun of my voice. So uh, I sympathize with Doofenshmirtz to yeah. an extent. No, uh, I feel like I've gotten a lot of like I have a good voice for radio sort of things. Um, and but I try to like be better like on air um compared to like my regular speaking voice like we've talked off air and I feel like Mm -hmm. I try differently just definitely like thought process but um sometimes I'll try to like focus my voice to sound specific more like maybe not deeper but like more professional I guess yeah not really um not really trying to alter it for like other reasons i guess yeah, yeah. doofenshmirtz is definitely doing it here to like try and seem more threatening i guess yeah it's like the, these phrases he's practicing he's like yeah i'm dancing with your wife pal <laughs> yeah I, I ate that last nectarine yeah nectarine are, are y'all big nectarine fans yeah i can't wait for them to be back in season soon yes Forgive me. Are nectarines another brand of oranges, like orange knockoffs, or are they more plums? Sort of. I like think they're they're closer peaches. to peaches. Yeah. Okay. Somewhere somewhere in the peach. They're like plum in the family. Yeah. Okay. Like a like I, a I stone like I fruit. I, I think. But there's so many orange variants that I 
sometimes get confused. a tangerine now tangerine a clementine is, is, is an orange. close to it uh, uh, there's one with an M, I think. Mandarin orange? That might be a mandarin, yeah. A tangelo? Uh, Not to tangela. be confused with a tangela? <laughs> the Pokemon or the Big Brother Showmance? Uh, both. <laughs> I wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't want to eat either. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Are there any edible Pokemon? No, that's not a thought pro- uh, exercise that I want to go through with. Uh, almost certainly. Yeah. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, there's definitely there's a lot a of fish. Pokemon. Oh, yeah, fish. Protect magic harp. Like, yeah, there's fish, and there's also ones that look like fruit. I'm pretty sure there's mm. one that looks there's, like an ice cream cone. Yeah, oh. there's 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 uh, vanillish is an ice cream cone. Yeah, vanilla. There's one. Vanilla. There's one that's a damn cake. Right, uh, right, right. Like uh, Al Creamy, I think is its name. I don't yeah. know how you pronounce it. It looks like a big Quick cake. Side, I gotta ask, who's your? What was your first Pokemon game, and who was your starter? Uh, Mine was Emerald, and I picked Mudkip. I did pick Mudkip whenever I played Pokemon Ruby, but I had Pokemon Blue, and I think I was a Squirtle. I think I picked the Squirtle. I usually pick the water starters. I, I like the water ones the best. Generally, yeah. I'm like that, too. Except I think with that one, I would have picked Bulbasaur, but they're also fucking cute. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, my first Pokemon game was Ruby, and I picked Mudkip as well. Though, I mean, Torchic's really cute, too. So. Yeah, but I like Swampert and Marshtomp um, afterwards, and I didn't love um, Blaziken kind of creeped me out. Yeah. Um, and then it's like Cyndaquil, not Cyndaquil, uh, Trico, Gargoyle, is that it? No. Grovile and Stephile. <laughs> Trico, <Yeah>. Gargoyle. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I didn't love those evolutions, but I, I, think my, I also think Marshtomp is underrated as an adorable little pokemon um yeah but nothing and i mean nothing beats the cuteness of jigglypuff mm. <laughs> i bet you could eat a jigglypuff okay I'll stop. my friend was like can you send me something quintessential you to like cheer me up and i was like okay let me go find a gift of jigglypuff because i feel like only i can provide <laughs> her with that kind of entertainment uh, yeah um, so, uh, Perry busts through the ceiling and, uh, obviously Dr. Doofenshmirtz traps him because that's just how it goes at this point. And then, uh, he reveals the voiceinator. Now, instead of using the voiceinator on himself to make his own voice deeper, he's going to make everyone else's voices, uh, higher pitched. How do, what are your thoughts on this? Like, logistically speaking? <laughs> uh, well, I, I think it is a funny bit because logistically speaking, it's a bad idea. I think this is this is quintessential Dr. Doofenshmirtz is that like he, he often has a pretty decent idea of like what he wants to accomplish, but like it, it goes about it in the worst way. And this, this is, it. He, he could have just bought some like, uh, what is it? Like sulfur hexafluoride, which does like <laughs> the opposite to helium where if you breathe it in, it makes your voice. He could have just done this. But instead, he's going to make everyone else breathe the the doofelium, and their voices get higher. Yeah, no, and I like that he explains that he could have, but he doesn't care, right? Yeah. <laughs> or he's like, I want, that seems so easy. I want something harder. Or did he say it's too complicated? So there's too much trouble. Yeah. Uh, I love the meta commentary that, like, they, they see us. 
Yeah. Speaking of voices getting deeper, uh, that's what happens to Candace's voice after that's she finds segue. out she has more uh, allergy pills. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like to the point where like her allergies are so bad to where she has to like wear like a paper bag over her face because like her entire body is just completely red like a tomato. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah so this is evil. I, I, <laughs> it sounds like a almost like the uh, the the SpongeBob chocolates when they're selling chocolate. Remember when they first invented chocolate? Yeah, um, uh, I, I don't know her I, name in SpongeBob, but I call her Ethel for whatever reason. I always that call makes Ethel. sense. She seems like an Ethel. <laughs> uh, I think I saw that. Like uh, we we talked last. I think it was last week we talked about like the the vocal performance that Ashley Tisdale does and how like mm-hmm. everything is so hard on her vocal cords uh, that that apparently this was too hard on her vocal cords that they they couldn't get her to do the deep voice. Uh, so for the rest of the episode, Candace is voiced by Dan Povenmire, uh, which is very funny because Dan Povenmire is voicing Candace's deep voice, but also Doofenshmirtz and his very high voice. Mm-hmm. The range, uh, the range that man shows. It's it's a, a a bit of a like an extra layer that you know, the fun fact makes the episode more fun. Yes, exactly. So we cut back to Perry escaping from the Doofenshmirtz tower, and he uses his I don't know one of his gadgets, I guess the copter, to follow him, I guess. Um, and he flies over the circus and hears that his act is about to begin. So he's like, oh, I guess I better get back into costume and do this stupid thing, mm-hmm. which I thought was really cute. Um, so we go t- into the circus itself and Belgian is performing his uh, pretending to separate his thumb from the from his hand sort of mm-hmm. uh, thing about that Will is able to do very accurately. But he yeah, doesn't have the special effects. So did it really happen? Yeah, I, I'm not saying the, the cool runnings thing at the same time. If I, if I do like a little feel the rhythm, feel the rhyme thing, I, I don't know. That's, that's what Baljeet says something like, uh, feel, the rhythm, feel the rhythm, feel the rhyme, feel the rhyme come something, on thumb, something. it's healing time. Yeah. It really adds. It adds to the experience. Yeah. Yes, definitely. So Perry's act is up next. And does do either of you want to describe what the act is? You think it would be something great because it's by the amazing Perry, but uh, turns <laughs> so, out to be kind of a different. I can do this. Um, so first off, we have to acknowledge that Doofenshmirtz is flying away. Perry is chasing him. And then he like pauses, comes to the tent, gets in full drag. <laughs> um, <laughs> and Ferb is like, I'm going to throw you through this hoop and into the water and you're just and it was just not that oh no throw you on a trampoline through the hoop into the water um so there was a little more to that harry does it then escapes grabs the thing and then doofenshmirtz like a dummy flies back towards i think he was waiting for perry the platypus to chase him he wanted to be caught (laughs) but um yeah so that's that's what happened any thoughts on this uh how how well do you think you said you said perry was in full drag how well do you think he would do at, at a lip sync for his life? Um, it depends on the song. Because if it's like the song that Jinx and Detox did in season five, then I think he might do well because that one is um, Malambo number one. Not, <laughs> not to be confused with Mambo number five. Of course. Uh, Malambo number one by Ima Somak. 
Um, so I think it's a song that Perry could do well, but if it's like something like Shut Up and Drive by Rihanna or something more mainstream, I don't think Perry would do that well. I think almost anyone could be Perry the Platypus. Maybe people well, get you, get you goo. Could he lip sync to that? Maybe, maybe Perry could do that. But I, I think Perry's best composition would be Peter the Panda because Peter the Panda does not have a mouth. It's very hard to lip sync without lips. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's kind of half the thing. Yeah. Well, once Perry has done his act, he just gets right back into chasing Doofenshmirtz. And Candace arrives at the Squat and Stitch uh, as the trio are performing, and she's complaining about her brothers, and it kind of just turns into a song mm-hmm. <laughs> called Evil yeah. Boys. Evil Boys. Yeah, uh, it's a bop. It's it's a real like like blues riff sort of thing. Like like the jazz combo is just playing some natural like blues chord progression, and and Candace is just just singing and complaining. Uh, Miss Garcia Shapiro is like testify, Candace testify. Yeah, that was my favorite uh, part. <laughs> uh, but no, I have I the only notes I have written about this song is this song F and slaps. Uh, I I love this song. Me too. Uh, it's, it's probably honestly like the part that I remember most from this episode is absolutely. the song. Yep, definitely. I couldn't tell you yeah. what else happened in this episode besides they made a circus. I could not have told you anything about the circus beforehand. I just remember E-V-I-L-B-O-Y-S. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So uh, after Candace is rejected, it's also funny because Candace is like, oh, mom, like we're done the song, let's go. And Linda's like, no, let's do another one, encore. And Candace is just like, no, and she leaves. Yeah, this, so, is, this is kind of what I, ha- pretty much the only thing I have written in the the Candace Gaslight watch for the week. Is there, I mean, this, this whole song is Candace explaining everything she's been saying the last eight episodes of like, my brothers always do shit and you never see them do this stuff. Why not? I, I am upset at this. I feel like someone needs to pay more attention to them. And, yeah. and uh, like always, Linda doesn't listen to any of Candace's problems, but she does want to exploit them for money. If, if, if she is like, like performing this, this very good blues song because of her, her frustrations with her brothers, it's going on the CD. We're selling CDs. Yeah. Uh, did you notice that her CD was gold? I'm like, Linda, please. You did not go gold. <laughs> Maybe in 2021 you've gone gold, but not in like two hours. Yeah. I will say, though, that like Candace wanting to bust her brothers for the circus, I don't know. I Just let them have their fun. Like They're bummed out that they couldn't go to the circus. At least let them have this. Yeah, I feel like she wasn't really complaining about the circus today. She was just complaining about her brothers, like, in general. But, Mm -hmm. like, even in the next episode, um, I feel like it's, uh, she doesn't really care that much. We'll get to it. Yeah, also, I, I, to, to not Candace's credit, I will, I I will say, I think evil might be a big stretch. Uh, they, they are, uh, maybe irresponsible boys. But like I R R E S P O N S I B L E B O Y S is is less of a less of a catchy song. Yeah, no, it really is not. What's your favorite reference in the song before I move on from it? Um, uh, give me a second. I like the Probably time the... is 
the time machine when we went to that museum yeah the time machine one was good uh the one about the treehouse fights are good too and you somehow missed it um mm -hmm. yeah but still you didn't see them rhymed with we went to that museum i did i did like that line the 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 line that uh that i remember all the time is is but before you get home they somehow always clean up the mess and then rhyme mess with e-v-i-l-b-o-i-s uh that that might be my favorite line even though it's not really like a reference to anything specific uh i i just like the the cadence of it i guess yeah yeah so candace returns home to the circus uh and she's about to go sit with jeremy as the uh buford's uh, what would you call his act like flying through the air the Just amazing bago yeah the amazing bago so, so i i this is this is going to be a deep cut reference do either of you two know about uh the superhuman super show super i've heard of it i've not checked okay it. so this is this is maybe a a a testament this is like quintessential trashy facebook posts that i see uh is is this, this one guy in his backyard and and he like i think the idea is he wants to be a professional wrestler but he he does this bit uh and it, it's always some like dangerous stunt he's gonna do where where he wants to do some dangerous wrestling move onto like sharp objects so he's he's either gonna do like a front flip onto barbed wire or an elbow drop onto a bunch of light bulbs or like it's some, something very dangerous. Every, every episode of this, these are all just like two minute Facebook videos that the people I went to high school share. And it, they all start the same way. He says, this is superhuman super show. This goes out to all the juggalos and juggalettes. Don't try this at home. I hope you like it. Whoop, whoop. That's a whoop whoop. And then he takes his shirt off and he like works himself up to into a rage. And then he yells, F this S. <laughs> and then and then he he like jumps onto these very sharp things and then writhes in pain for 45 seconds. Ooh. And that's the video. Every single time. And he he Don't posts like something that. like this like once a week. So he's like trying to be on Jackass? Uh, pr pretty much. I, I, it's, it's like very like like pro wrestling stunts. I don't like this. No, 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 no. It's <laughs> tough to watch, but but so many people I went to high school with share these videos all the time. What uh, is wrong with the people you went to high school with? Quite quite a lot is wrong with them. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, but this is this is this is what Buford's bit reminds me of. It's, you know, like he he just wants to jump into the mud. <laughs> like that's that's all he wants to do. He he he, just, he wants to do some stunt that involves him flying through the air and landing in the mud. Yeah, and since Candace is wearing the paper bag and the tracksuit, they, for some reason, mistake her for Buford, even though she has not even close to the same body type as him. Not at all. Yeah, and you'd think her brothers would know, considering, you They're know, they are very perceptive for some genius kids. Yeah. So anyway, Candace ends up being the one shot out of the tent instead of Buford, but then Buford ends up jumping into the mud and is like, hey, it's me. I got all the glory. 
Uh, and Phineas wonders how Buford got there so quickly. So what were your thoughts on, you know, Buford just like bullshitting his way through the act, essentially? I mean, it's classic Buford. He wants the attention. Uh, my, my big question is because they, they like cat- calibrated this catapult for Buford's weight, but then it was Candace that, that went through it. Uh, and, and they said that, you know, she got shot way off into the air because she's so much lighter than Buford. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know much about kids and how much kids should weigh, but I feel like Candace is so much taller and so much older that she should mm-hmm. probably weigh more than Buford. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Big boy. Because <laughs> he's big like he's Buford's he's a big boy. He's big for his age, but he's also like like five years younger than her, and she's so much taller. Yeah. Uh, so I, I I don't know. I I maybe don't want to think about it too much. It's also <laughs> just like cartoon physics, I guess. True. Yeah. Uh, you know, none, none of this has to make sense physically. They built a roller coaster. That doesn't make sense either. Yeah. True. <laughs> so we cut back to Perry and Doofenshmirtz and they're still fighting. Um, and Doofenshmirtz ends up breaking the controller because he gets pushed into it by Perry. Mm-hmm. Uh, which uh, I guess does it end up crashing into the circus or into the circus tent? I believe. Yeah, uh, like like the tube with the dufelium is like yeah. it's stuck into the tent, and it's like filling the tent up with the helium. Yeah, and then like everyone starts like talking like all high pitched to the point where it explodes the tent pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, it makes Doofenshmirtz's voices even higher, so it doesn't even work out in his favor. That's why he should have just gone with making the voiceinator to allow him to have the deeper voice and like just keep everyone else normal. But no, huh. yeah, no. I, I I love the little guy. He's like, cast your parent blood. Um, so Candace finally makes it back home and like all of a sudden her allergies are totally fine. We talked about this earlier, but like, she's not red anymore. Her voice is back to normal. And, uh, Jeremy asks how she got her voice so deep for the evil boy song. Cause I guess over the course of like the 15 to 20 minutes that that happened, he was able to listen to the song. How does that work logistically? Yeah. I, I mean, Time is a flat circle, much like a CD. Um, so so I, I, I don't know. I don't know where he finds the time. Maybe he streamed it. Yeah. And uh, Jeremy asked Candace how she got her voice like that. And she responds with wild parsnips. And that's the end of the episode. There you go. Yep. Yeah. So what did we all think about this episode overall? I think it was the better of the two episodes, which we'll get to. Um, I enjoyed it. It was like a little frustrating that there was no quintessential like Phineas and Ferb beats, I guess, because like mm-hmm. the circus, which I feel like you can do in your backyard. It's not like I feel like I could do that. It's like just put a tent in a everyone come through with your vaccines and then we can do mm-hmm. our own little circus thing. Um, and then the Perry the Platypus stuff, like it was, I feel like there wasn't enough. So the Candace evil boys and then I guess the Doofenshmirtz plot carried the show a little bit um, yeah really the the song was the big highlight for me uh, otherwise is you know pretty it, it's okay there's nothing nothing bad about this episode nothing i i super hate about this episode but uh you know it's pretty pretty middle of the road i'd say 
Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. I think this is the first episode where I had to be like, wait, so what happened in this episode again before I started watching it? And mm, then, yeah. and then like the only thing that jogged my memory at all was the evil boys song. Um, so yeah, it was pretty like, I don't know, average down the middle, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Any final thoughts before we take a quick musical break to Let's go to the break. Okay. Yeah. So we'll be right back after this short break. Shimmy Jimmy. He can climb up a tree and nothing flat. Grab a ride coconut and shimmy right back. He's a real wild monkey. He can swing and dance. Better watch what he's throwing. He ain't wearing no pants. Shimmy Jimmy. Shimmy Jimmy. Man, this monkey is the coolest toy around. Shimmy Jimmy. Another gem from the Hardy Heart Toy Makers. <laughs> and we're back, everybody, for a discussion on Toy to the World. Will, what do you have for us? Yeah, so I, I guess this this episode starts off in a way that that uh, maybe sparks some questions for, for our rankings later. Um, because there's there's like probably three things in this episode that maybe could be considered songs but also maybe none of them could be considered songs. Um, so I'm not sure. The first of these is the, the Shimmy Jimmy commercial. The, the, the episode starts with a commercial for the toy Shimmy Jimmy. Uh, and Shimmy Jimmy is this, this monkey that, that he, he climbs up a tree and he climbs down a tree. Um, and he's not wearing pants. He's, he's like Donald Duck in it. Yeah. Um, but uh, so it's it's a commercial from from this brand called uh, Hardy Hard Toys, and and the little tagline of Hardy Hard Toys is this this hyena who goes like ha 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 ha, which is like a very almost like a like a Woody the Woodpecker cadence mm-hmm. to, to this this hyena for for Hardy Hard Toys. Um, so 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 Candace gets a job working for Hardy Hard Toys in the mall. Uh, you know, this is her first job, her first day of her first job. Uh, she's really excited to start working, especially because the the Hardy Har Toy Store is right across the aisle in the mall from the from the Mister Slushy Dog. Uh, so she can she can look at Jeremy while while she's at the mall. Yeah, of course. <laughs> A little stalkery, but y'all have any good uh, first job stories? Um... Any exciting first jobs? not really no <laughs> maybe i mean my first job was right out of high school working at the local airport so mm. that was pretty interesting but I, ha- I don't know it wasn't like as interesting as you'd think it would like i didn't run into any real like notable people really it was just a bunch of weirdos mm-hmm. I-, I do actually have it's not my story but if anyone wants a wild story um so I was working at a summer camp. I was a lifeguard and one of the, the dance camp leaders, uh, they went to do their free swim and there was a four-year-old girl. And so in the locker room after when they were changing, I heard the second hand, um, the girl ran up to the counselor, no clothes, she was four. She goes up to her and is like, counselor, my labia is burning. What? This four-year-old girl was very in tune with her body. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> and the counselor was like, um, 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 go put your clothes on and then we can discuss, I guess. Uh, like she was very, very shook. So yeah, that's, that's a story I have from one of my first jobs. I don't think it was my first job, but it was one of them. Yeah, my, my second job was the more exciting one. Does snow cone stand? Yeah. My, my first job was a very, very boring job as a uh, grocery store cashier. Yeah. But uh, so, but Candace's first job is here at the toy store. Uh, she loves that she gets to look at Jeremy every day. She's a little bit embarrassed by the fact that she has to wear a shimmy jimmy hat that, that looks like the monkey. Uh, and she has to do the the hearty hard laugh any any time, um, someone so really any time her boss asks her to do the hearty hard laugh. So Candace, uh, she uh, Phineas and Ferb and their mom come to the store, uh, and Candace sort of shows them how the how the shimmy jimmy toy works, uh, and and Phineas is is very nonplussed. He's he's he thinks he thinks this toy is going to get old kind of quick. It's, it's not really that exciting. It climbs up, it climbs down. That's all it does. Uh, so, so Candace is like, oh yeah, like, well, like you could make a better toy. Uh, and that's, that's where they get the idea. They're, they're going to try and make a better toy. That's, this is what they're going to do today. Uh, so, so they start on the, on the sequence where they're inventing the toy and Phineas is kind of like sitting in a chair and just like generally talking about, about what they want in this toy. Uh, meanwhile, Ferb is just doing all of the work in the background. Yeah. Like Phineas is sitting in a chair and talking and, and Ferb just like does all of this all on his own and, and invents the, the Perry the Platypus in action figure toy. He really, we need to put more respect on Ferb's name. He's a man yeah. in action. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of the movie Jobs with the... Uh... Michael Fassbender and uh, Seth Rogen, where Phineas is the uh, Steve Jobs and uh, Ferb is whoever. Ferb is the Wozniak. Uh, yeah, Wozniak. <laughs> yeah. Do you um, think that's the first time anyone's ever compared Ferb to Steve Wozniak? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Well, I'm the first. I'll, I'll gladly take that title. Seth Rogen and Ferb have a lot in common. That is true. Um, I was trying to think of a good joke, but uh, you know, it's there. Somewhere. <laughs> there somewhere. Today's an off day. Today is uh, an off day. day for all of you, I feel. I think so. Like I, don't, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Well, I'll tell you, like, I was worried I wouldn't be able to make the podcast because the internet just stopped working at my place. So I had to, like, call Shaw, the internet provider, mm -hmm. and I was on there for over an hour. Anyway, there was something wrong with my modem, but I managed to figure it out. And now I'm here. Well, we are glad you're here. And I hope I the listeners are glad you're here. They're not. <laughs> I'm glad Navi's here. Thank you, uh, Philippe. So... Ferb is a man of action. Perry, seemingly, is not a man of action. Whenever but they he's make not a man. He's a platypus. He's not. <laughs> uh, he's also pretty actiony. We see that he he goes over to the the fastener section, uh, not the fast bender section, but the fastener section, 
and he and he pulls on these screws that sort of make the wall move around and he he gets into the secret lair uh, and it turns out that the doofenshmirtz is stealing bricks uh he's he's stealing all the bricks from somewhere uh major major monogram is is very concerned with this he says you know the the animals are rioting all of the convicts are escaping from the zoos uh is is for some reason stealing all the bricks he wants bricks for something bricks 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 uh so so after this we we go to the the i guess like a board meeting of of the toy factory yeah yeah uh and and so at, at this board meeting they're they're showing maybe all all of the toys that they've made before uh so so and and they're all climbing toys so so we have uh we have climbing simon was one of them we have ascendant brendan ladderman larry and and my favorite was climbing Jaime. um <laughs> But, but this is all any of their toys does, is, is it either climbs up a tree or climbs up a building or a ladder. I think Ascendant Brendan is the one that kind of looked like King Kong. Mm-hmm. Um, if they were to make a climbing toy with your name, do we have, do we have good, good uh, climbing toy names for our name? I was, I was thinking of this, if, if they had to make like a, like, a, like a Will climbing toy, what's a good name for this? Maybe there's not a good name for this. Maybe I should have put more effort into this. <laughs> Maybe we can cut this 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 part where where I sound like an idiot. No, I I don't think you sound like an idiot. I'm trying to think. That's what I'm. Why I don't know what to mean. Uh, like, let's I mean. let's see some synonyms for the word climb. That's uh, ascending was oh, a good yeeting one. Yeeting sleep. Ooh, here we go. <laughs> yeeting sleep is a good one. Um, hmm. Let me go to what thesaurus. Thesaurus.com is like. Will on the hill. Hill. Will on the hill is good. And then Navi. um, Climbing Navi. Um, (laughs) I guess. (laughs) I don't know. I don't think my name works very well with this. Yeah, well, I, I guess like. With Simon and Brendan, both of those end with like the un sound. So like, we don't have that in our name. Bumblebee Navi flying to the hive. Mm. <laughs> Hivey. <laughs> <laughs> that was like a bunch of syllables, but I'll go with it. <laughs> yeah. Well, these, these toys that we're making are, are, are maybe not gonna sell. Uh, but what is going to sell is is the Perry the Platypus in action figure toy that the boys pitch to this this board of of the the toy company, who I believe the chair of this board is voiced by J.K. Simmons. Ooh, yes, I think that's right. Um, yeah, J.K. Simmons yeah. as J.B. the chair of the board. Uh, so so uh, luckily he he does not throw a symbol at their head. He uh, just accepts the toy. He he's like, yeah, this is this is good. And then Ferb is Ferb is, is really doing doing the brunt of the work here on the pitch because so Phineas is talking about the toy, uh, but but Ferb is sort of like acting out what's going on. Uh, so so the idea is that this 
you know, this platypus toy doesn't do anything. And because it doesn't do anything, it can be whatever you want it to be. Uh, so it can be a rocket ship or a race car or a tango partner. Uh, and, and Ferb is just like an all-timer at charades here. Yeah. I would want to go up against him. I think he would win every time. Yeah. But I'm very bad at charades, though, so. Yeah, I think I think he has enough I mean, practice at being, uh, like, he has enough practice at nonverbal communication that, uh, you know, it's just what he does. If, if he doesn't talk all the time, then, no, well, maybe, maybe he's good at communicating in other ways. Uh, and and that's clear here by by his mm-hmm. uh, charade skills. Yeah, the I don't think we're gonna count Ferb Tango, right? Uh, definitely not. That that was one of four songs, and that was the one that's uh, most obviously not a song here. Yeah, just wanted to check. Um, uh, so there's there's a little bit here where there's there's one guy at the table uh, who was was. Uh, maybe most in favor. He of gave me vibes another... from the Gitchy Gitchy Goo episode. He gave me that guy. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, the 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 record guy. Yeah. Uh, I think his name's something Baker. Uh, but uh, maybe I'm thinking of Chet Baker, and Chet Baker is definitely not a character in Phineas and Ferb. I think he, I think he was giving me Doug Dimmadale vibes. No, I'm mm, I could I could see Doug Dimmadale vibes. Yeah. Uh, from from this guy JB. Uh, but there's there's a guy at the table who like he's not a huge fan of the Perry the Platypus toy. He he really wants a climbing toy. Uh, and JB like pulls a lever that just like or maybe he presses a button. Uh, but but there's some escape hatch under this guy's chair and he like gets him out of there uh, and gets a new a new sort of yes man on the board that's just like in favor of everything that that JB wants. Uh, so. Uh, the the new board really really loves this toy. I uh, said, "Well, we'll double your salaries." And Phineas is like, "Well, you don't pay us anything." Well, in that case, we'll we'll triple it. Uh, so triple of zero is still zero, but they love the idea so much that they're going to pay these boys triple what they already pay. Yeah, um, is is this when JB is shirtless or no? That's later. Later, okay. uh, it, it comes back to the board, and there's there's a little like Emperor's New Clothes bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, so this is where JB goes and gives Phineas and Ferb uh, a tour of the toy factory, uh, and it's really kind of boring. Um, so so Phineas and Ferb want to make the the toy making process more fun, and they they make over the factory here, um, and and. This is this is another song that that uh, I definitely remember this song, but there's it's it's very much like a background song to where I don't. Yeah, they know have it a ton. I did some research on it. Um, uh, so I I think the the wiki calls this the quirky quirky worky song. Yeah. Um, it's I don't know. Well, we'll talk later whether or not we count it. It's it's definitely like a good like get stuck in your head montage song, but but. I don't know if it's really a, a, a song in the way that, that a lot of the others. It's just very repetitive. Like we see it a ton in throughout mm-hmm. the show. That's the only reason why I would consider ranking it. But if it was only in this episode, I probably wouldn't. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. That, that the fact that they use it so much. But I, I, I think uh, maybe, maybe I'd be against putting it in the rankings because we haven't ranked 
the Doofenshmirtzito Incorporated jingle. Okay, that's yeah. Also a song yeah. they use all the time. Um, that's that's maybe my my argument against ranking that one. Yeah, also because can... I don't want to put four whole songs in the ranking this week. <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, during this montage, uh, there's like a marketing guy that's pitching to Phineas and Ferb all these all these ideas for for what the Perry the Platypus toy could be. Like, what's what's the next thing in the series after this in action figure? Uh, and he pitches them uh, Perry the Atomic Super Platypus. Um, he pitches them the mad marauding marsupial of death. Uh, and, and this whole time, Phineas and Ferb were just like, no, we don't like this. He's, he's just a platypus. He doesn't do much. Uh, there's, there's some more really cool costume work from Phineas and Ferb here while they're mm-hmm. being pitched these ideas. There's one where like, they're kind of dressed in like a Holmes and Watson sort of, sort of outfits. Yeah. That uh, are very funny. Uh, but, but easy to mess for sure uh yeah no i was like wait did they change costumes i didn't even notice it when i was watching mm-hmm. uh so these these silly outfits sort of get get extended to the workers as well the workers are kind of in almost like santa's elves type yeah costumes which uh one guy kind of expressed my thoughts on it that uh this was i thought this was kind of demeaning to put them in these uniforms yeah i agree with that like i don't know i would not be down for these costumes i'm like can you just go back to my regular uniform please like i Mm -hmm. i (laughs) one of the guys said he likes it but but uh i don't know it's definitely something that uh i i think the union wouldn't be too in favor of no, I, I, I don't know. Like, if they're just also, they're, where's the safety equipment? Like, they're, yeah. they're they're on dangerous things. So who knows? Well, we've already established that Phineas and Ferb don't care about safety protocols. That is true. But usually, they're just endangering themselves and their friends. In this case, I, if these factory workers have not unionized, then they should, uh, because they, they, they. Uh, you know, being being put in these silly outfits that that do not protect them at all uh, is is maybe not good for them. It's really not, especially like um, it looked like they were wearing clogs or some like not comfy shoe. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So they they then there's there's like a little uh, I, I guess it's, it's, it's sort of a, a it's kind of a weird scene. Because it's like this this toy factory is also all of a sudden become like a Willy Wonka factory. There's, 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 yeah. this, there's this chocolate river that comes up out of nowhere. Uh, and there's these there's these little blue characters who are in a boat in the chocolate river. Uh, and they're called the Badinka Dinks. Uh, <laughs> <which> <laughs> is, uh, they, they come they, back too. Yeah. So it's so a very, very obvious reference to Oompa Loompas. Yeah, uh, and they were yeah. they were apparently trapped in the basement, and they were they were let out whenever whenever they remodeled everything. Yeah, can I say this like random like non sequitur was like my favorite part of the episode. The Bidinkadinks, yeah. <laughs> same. <laughs> yeah, that's a funny bit. I also like a lo- an underappreciated line that like I definitely remembered from a kid as from from watching this as a kid. The, the the badinkadinks were there um but as they're leaving one of them says 
Uh, we will now lay waste to the surface dwellers. <laughs> uh, and Phineas is, is just like cool with it. <laughs> these, these characters have been locked in the basement for years. They get let out and they're like, yeah, we're going to go attack everyone who lives on the surface. And Phineas is like, all right, go ahead. Yeah. He's lucky nothing really came out of that. Yeah. because I, I think we should cancel Phineas for that. Honestly, he should have reported it to somebody. Yeah. Uh, so they, they get pitched on on one last idea that's uh, secret agent Perry the platypus. Uh, and, and of course, they're like, no, this, this is a bad idea. We're going with the inaction figure. It does nothing. And that's, that's the idea that they, that they land on, that they decide to, to go with for, for the platypus toy. Yeah. Imagine if Doofenshmirtz saw that toy. I think he would. Well, he does see it later. Never mind. Yeah, well, it, it's confusing because yeah, you know, he, he does see what's not the toy, but then Phineas sees it and he's like, oh, it, we'll get there, we'll get there. Uh, so, so we go to uh, Doofenshmirtz Evil Annex, Building K. Uh, it's like right next to the toy factory, but it's, it's mm-hmm. not the big skyscraper. It's just like this annex building. Uh, and, and Perry breaks into the annex and he immediately gets gets trapped by a bunch of bricks. Uh, and and Doofenshmirtz has built this one one hundredth scale model of the tri-state area that he that he built in all of his free time. And the reason he he took all these bricks is because he wants to build he wants to he wants to build a wall around the tri-state area. <laughs> uh, he wants. He wants to build the the Great Wall of the Tri-State Area, uh, and the reason why he wants to build a wall around the around the Tri-State Area is because then people can only get in and out if if they go through his approved toll booth. He's back on the toll booth thing again. This this was something that he he did in the when he was going to drill to China just to make a toll road. He's back on tolls for some reason. I I don't understand why. He wants, wants to, to make more money and not. Well, I mean, I, I, I guess I. <laughs> I understand why, I guess, but uh, it's maybe not as fun. I think I, th- I think seeing seeing this part, I, I maybe understand why why uh, Robin and Kiba weren't huge on on the fairy the platypus stuff. Yeah. This 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 one didn't hit for me. No, I it, I, it did not. Uh, so they they're. Back to the toy store, where where now the toy store is selling uh, the Perry the Platypus toys, uh, and this, and this this little boy who who the, the funny thing that I laughed at this this little boy who I think was voiced by Mitchell Musso. It sounded like him anyway. Well, Jeremy mm-hmm. is right. Yeah, yeah. It, it sounded. It, I wonder if if Mitchell Musso is credited as Jeremy and additional, additional voice. voices in yeah. this episode because this kid sounded a lot like like Mitchell Musso in like a higher pitched voice. Um, but he's, he's all of these Perry the Platypus action figures or in action figures that look the same. It's like, oh, I want the green one. It's like, they're all, they're all the green ones. Like he yeah. wants the green one. Um, and, and the Candace is dressed up in, in the Perry the Platypus big outfit. Uh, and, and uh, the, the, uh, her her like store manager says you look like number one. She says I feel like number two. <laughs> yeah, that was a great line. <laughs> yeah. 
She also says something about how how she's making like three fifty an hour. What to do? Yeah, this? she's being criminally underpaid. This is ridiculous. Get is a union. it like one of those laws where they're like, oh, like minors aren't mm. able to pull minimum wage or something? Yeah, that could that could definitely be. No, yeah. one of the most annoying things in my personal life, I had an internship and they were like, it's an unpaid internship. I'm like, okay. But then I later found out that they're the like 16 year olds who are like, or the under 16 year olds who were like helping out got paid like $200 a week. I was like, um, excuse me. And it was only like a three day a week internship. So I was very annoyed because, but their their excuse was child labor laws. I was like, "Excuse you, what? That's what about me? Labor laws? Yeah, I shouldn't. You. I shouldn't be able to work for free either." Yeah, I was so upset. That's terrible. Unpaid internships. I and I say this as someone who has never had an unpaid internship. I'm mm-hmm. fortunate enough to to be paid for all of the work that I've done for someone else. Um. Unturn, un, unpaid internships are are the worst. They shouldn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. Pay people I for mean, their time. Yeah. I mean, for my program, uh, the unpaid internship was a part of our credit. So the internship I did, where it was essentially like a uh, a content producer for one of the talk show hosts at the radio station, uh, mm. it and it was like a full like I went there like five days a week, eight hour shifts and stuff. Yeah. uh just helping doing research and finding guests and booking all that and I kind of wish I was paid for it but hey at least I, I guess I made connections I guess but it still yeah. would have been nice to be like hey we're gonna pay you for this and I'm like sweet no like I didn't care at first but then when I found out that people younger than me who weren't doing as much as me got paid I was like no this is not cool. yeah that's bs and then my other internship like um in LA that one was unpaid but it was for credit so like I was fine with that, but this one wasn't even for credit. Yeah, I'll uh, say the internship I had was for credit, so I guess that helps. Yeah. Even then, it is it is the stance of this podcast that people need to stop exploiting other people. Yeah. For an anti unpaid <laughs> internship podcast. Exactly. That, that that's that's a stance I am comfortable taking. <laughs> Uh, so what, what what happens? There's there's a a commercial in in the store that that uh, Candace is working at for the Perry the Platypus toy. Um, the the boys are getting interviewed on the news, and they they talk about you know it's this toy is inspired by our real pet platypus because our real pet platypus doesn't do much. Uh, meanwhile, we know all along he does quite a bit. Uh, one of these things he does is he is, he escapes from this this brick prison that he's been in. Um, just, it, it's like a Jenga game. He just pushes it out. Yeah, he just, he just pushes it. And Doofenshmirtz is like, you know, I really should have used cement on this thing. Yeah. It's just a pile of bricks. That's all it was. Uh, and, and so in their little uh, exchange right before they fight, um, Dr. Doofenshmirtz says something like, uh, you couldn't stop me with a billion Perry the Platypuses. A uh, little, little like foreshadowing that there's about to be a billion Perry the Platypuses in, in, in the toy factory. And this, this fight kind of spills over into, into the toy factory next door. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it was just like I liked the throughout the episode we got like little snippets of the toy factory, so then we could like see all the different parts and then get the final the final part of it with uh, Jupiter's Moist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh so so this is this is the the bit we were talking about earlier where Harry almost gets spotted by Phineas. Uh, I have questions. Sorry, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so he grabs Perry the Platypus. Uh huh. How does he not realize that it's a different material? Yeah, that's that's the thing. So so Perry, like he he sits there still, and Phineas sees him. He's like, I thought we said we weren't going to do this, y'all. And and he grabs the the real Perry the Platypus and throws him in the big trash can with all of the other marketing material. Uh, and yeah, you're right. How how does he not know that he's holding a platypus and not just like the fake wooden platypus that they've had this whole time? Sus. Yeah, you'd think he'd be able to like tell like with breathing or like feel some sort of pulse or something. Yeah, well, like I I feel like yeah, this, this may be a, like a unique skill of mine, but I feel like I can grab something and know while I'm grabbing it whether or not this is organic or material not. or a block of wood. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> also, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's something Phineas hasn't learned. He yet. looked like he had a death hold on Phineas, um, for, but, uh, no, on Perry. And I was like, treat this animal with respect, Phineas. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in, in this fight, uh, Doofenshmirtz somehow ends up in like boxes with the package toys. Uh, so so uh, Perry, Perry he, hears, he hears him yell, curse you, Perry the platypus. Uh, but it's like very muffled because he's inside of the box. Yeah. Uh, and Perry has this, this very funny uh, physical thing where he kind of looks around and he just like shrugs at the camera. Yeah. He, he doesn't know where it's coming from and he doesn't care. Very Jim from the office. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so so Doofenshmirtz gets put on a boat and he gets shipped off to, to who knows where. Uh, and now here's here's where we get the, the new um, bit back at the uh at the at the board meeting is is jk simmons comes in and and he's like only in his underwear i think uh and he's like uh, how do y'all how do y'all like my new suit um and i'm and since we've seen you know this this whole panel this whole board is is you know built of people who are just going to tell the the chairman what he wants uh, it's it's exactly the the emperor's new clothes where they they tell him they love his suit uh, even though he's not wearing anything at all. Yeah. Um, so so and this is where it felt a lot like uh, the One Hit Wonder episode where uh, you know they're asking Phineas and Ferb, you know, what other ideas do you have for toys? And Phineas is like, oh, no, this is, this is it. We're going to go home. We're, we're done yeah. making toys. Linda's making fried chicken. Mom, mom's making fried chicken. Do you think, do you think Linda's fried chicken is good? Do you no. think she seasons her frying chicken? No. I, I feel like I feel like Linda probably doesn't know what what cayenne pepper is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Not to make a judgment on Linda, but uh, I, I, I think that's parsnips on it. I I don't mind. I think parsnips are 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 a good vegetable in in the right context. They're they're kind of like a they're kind of like a a spicy carrot almost yeah um spicy a, a very loose loose term there but uh <laughs> yeah I, I i i'm i'm skeptical of linda's fried chicken for sure no yeah 
with us. Uh, and then, this is where <laughs> another moment that, that I was very confused by is that uh, the, the uh, J.K. Simmons is like, well, does anyone else have an idea for a toy? And, and one of the guys on the board, he's like, well, I found this. I found this brick in my office with a pile of shattered glass. It's like someone someone had thrown the brick through his window, and he, he's like, "Yeah, this brick could be a toy." Uh, it turns out the brick is going to be a toy, um, and this this is the other thing that could be a song, could not be a song, is is the jingle for for the brick commercial. Yeah, I my we'll get to it in the rankings, but I I'm saying "Shimmy Jimmy" can be a song, but the brick song no, because it was only just like the mm-hmm. the jingle. It wasn't like I, Jimmy had a whole. Yeah, I think I think I'd say the same. Yeah, uh, and then and then it ends with uh, one one last scene between between Candace and Jeremy, where you know Candace has been embarrassed this whole episode that she's wearing a Perry the Platypus costume and she's wearing a Shimmy Jimmy hat in front of Jeremy, and and Jeremy's like, yeah, my my job makes me wear weird things too, and he's got this hat that has has a little weenie on the top of it. He's got a, yeah. a weenie hat. Yeah, exactly. And that's it. That's Toy to the World. Toy to the World. Toy to the World. Any, any last thoughts before we get into to feedback and, and rankings and these, these things? Yeah. Uh, one line that I don't think we talked about was when uh, Phineas and Ferber in the boardroom with J.K. Simmons and J.K. Sim- and they pitched the Perry, the inaction figure, and J.K. Simmons is like, double their salaries. And then Phineas is like, I don't think we have a salary. Yeah. And then J.K. Simmons is like, triple their salary. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I like that line too. Um, I was just like the, I just want to highlight the badinkadinks again. Fun. Yeah, yeah, that, 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 that line about them like laying waste to the surface dwellers is like so out of place. Yeah, well, their entire thing is so out of place. It was so random. I loved it. I'm like, uh-huh. this is easily great A1 plus moment of the episode. Mm-hmm. We're going to take another quick musical break and we'll be right back. So let's get to the rankings, everybody. So do we have any feedback? First? Yes, I was just about to say that we have some feedback first to take care of. Um, 
the what you do in number one stand giovanni wrote in to say that the voice actress for linda flynn fletcher used to host a reality show the biggest loser did we know this i so i knew she was voiced by carolyn ray and i knew she was like one of the aunts in sabrina the teenage witch i forgot she hosted the biggest loser yeah i did not know this so thank you giovanni for bringing this to our attention um yeah, and then in terms of feedback, Giovanni also asks, who would you cast in the Phineas and Ferb version of Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory? And I, have, I, I wrote some of these down. Mm. Um, so so like Candace, Buford as Augustus Gloop? Yes, Buford as Augustus Gloop. Candace as uh, the, the, I want it now, Daddy, I want it Veruca. now. Yeah, Veruca. Yeah, Veruca. And then Violet would be, I think, Isabella. Okay. And then Mike TV would be Phineas. Yeah. And Ferb would be Charlie. I think, yeah, I, think I agree sense. with all those. Yeah. 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 And then uh, Doofenshmirtz would be Willy Wonka. Not I like Charlie. that. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, and uh, everyone else can be Oompa Loompas. Linda. Linda can be the Oompa Loompas. <laughs> or the, no, the Bidinka Dinks are obviously the Oompa Loompas. Um, but yeah. So in terms of feedback, we don't have anything else unless you saw something that I didn't. Um, so now we can get into some of the rankings. So let's start with the fire patches, which there were none. So moving on, uh, the innators. Uh, so Will, what did we add today? To we added the voice innator and the great wall of the tri-state area. Yeah. Um, I will go first. Great wall of the tri-state area is 13 out of 14, only higher than the slave innator for me. Just like I would not be able to tell you about this in a in a year, like mm-hmm. not really memorable. I'll remember the bricks. I won't remember the the his plot. Um, the voice animator is number two because it's so like goofy and such mm-hmm. a Doofenshmirtz only thing. Uh, just below the freezeinator from last week. Uh, I think I think you're you're much higher on the voiceinator than I am. I have I have the Great Wall of the Tri-State Area in last place. It is 14 out of 14 for me. Uh, it, it it was uh, it's just not not exciting. Uh, he's he's already we've already been down the 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 toll road once uh, that we're sort of recycling that again, and it just it it didn't hit for me. Uh, there's there's no like good backstory for it. Uh, it's, it's last place for me right now. Um, and then the voiceinator I have at number nine, I have it in between, right, right behind the, the giant building robot, which I had at number eight. Uh, that one, it, it was kind of hard to place for me. I, I, it just, he had a bunch of helium. I don't know if this is super like impressive technologically or anything. Just, I thought we were gonna get a backstory. I feel like I, I felt like he was about to give us a backstory, and I don't know. Yeah, yeah that was a missed opportunity. I thought. Yeah, I think There's, he does it later on, right? He, I think he, I remember mm-hmm. a voice, or it might have been. Well, whenever see, whenever he sings the, I don't remember what the thing's called, but whenever he sings the song like uh, "You're Gonna Yodel 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 Obey Me," um, that's not to spoil anything. I love that song. And that's probably going to be very high for me. Um, but this this version of that, it, it, it's there. Like I, I very much understand why Robin Akiva did not like the Perry the Platypus stuff. Yeah, I don't know if this was the best episode to pick, but definitely. And 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 this 
I, I, I do want to make clear, this is not a knock on, on Jason Curtis Rivera at all. Absolutely not. Uh, if you assume his, that, then you his, should go... His point of, like, he, he picked episodes that were episodes that he was, he was showing that, that sort of tell you what this show is and what the structure of this show is, knowing that these people probably aren't going to watch any more of this show. Exactly. Like, if, 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 if I were to show someone an episode of Phineas and Ferb and I wanted them to watch more Phineas and Ferb, I definitely wouldn't show them this episode. But if I wanted to show someone an episode of Phineas and Ferb that like kind of gave them the idea of what Phineas and Ferb is, then then maybe this is a good episode where they don't break too much from their own structure. Yeah. Um, but a result of that is you get you get some kind of weak uh, Doofenshmirtz plot lines and pair the platypus plot lines in there. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I think I've talked about before how I always thought that the better Phineas and Ferb episodes are the ones where they're out of the backyard. And I think especially with the first half, that was, they were in the backyard and it wasn't that riveting of an episode. And they're they're not like, these are things you probably could try to do yourself. It's not like... These wild mm-hmm. activities that, like the tree houses, um, that yeah, I, I, I think if if I were to pick an episode to show Robin Akiva, it'd probably be that that pair of episode six with the Bigfoot one and and the tree yeah, house I, I one. Do a, I do I do one of those slice things. I would like, to. Um, but it, yeah, yeah. Honestly, it, that's that's sort of a, a problem that, that you know we've we've talked about generally with a lot of these episodes. We will really like one half more than the other one um that it, it's it's hard to find a good uh pair of them that both really represent yeah so well. and because you don't want to do it's about time even though that's yeah. really the best episode yeah. for me um but maybe if you could do like uh what was the first half of swinter uh the what? first half of swinter was magnificent few i think that might have been a good one too yeah and, um yeah but Anyways, Navi, where do you have the innators? So I have a mix of both of your opinions. I have Great Wall of the Tri-State area at number 14 out of 14. And I have the voiceinator at number two. I love the idea of the voiceinator. I love how dumb it is. The fact that instead of deepening his own voice, he's just going to make everyone else sound like freaking anime characters. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's my ranking. I think you both touched on why they both kind of place where they do so i'll just leave it at that mm-hmm. can we talk about the fact that ariel winters in the show as gretchen i did not know that until i think i think we've mentioned it once before we might have yeah but i was like what but uh yeah it's it's yeah she doesn't talk a whole lot but uh this was before she was famous i guess this was probably even before or maybe Mother like family. right before i don't know like around that time no i think it was before still yeah yeah, I, I don't remember when Modern Family premiered, but I feel like it was mostly while I was in high school. Yeah. Uh, so. and this, this was definitely before I was in high school. Stand. Modern Family felt like it was on for like a bajillion years. I don't know if yeah, that... It, like... it just ended. I feel like it, it just, just ended last year. Yeah. Um, could not tell you some of the ending plots. I've probably watched the first six seasons like at mm-hmm. one point because they have it on Brazilian Netflix. Um, hmm. So... In terms of inventions and activities, I put these back to back. I put circus at nine, toys at 10, like low middle sort of area. I don't know about the two of you. Yeah, these, I, ha- I haven't put these in yet, but okay. uh, I'm probably- My was just that like, these are very simple. You could probably do them in your backyard. You couldn't get to the success of the toys, but 
like they're like you can make your own toys like i probably made my own toys in the backyard before yeah the circus glorified talent show i think i will put at number eight in between the being movie directors and the cattle drive well i guess it's number eight maybe it'll be pushed down depending on where i put the toy yeah uh i I think i might put toy makers ahead of ahead of movie directors okay so i think i might put the the in action figure at number seven and the circus at number nine yeah just to clarify i have race car at eight circus at nine toys at 10 and cows at 11 so it's sandwiched between those two um miss navi what do you have for us so for circus i have it 15 or 14 out of 15 the only one below it is the mummy aspect because mm-hmm. we've i've talked at length about how mm-hmm. t- that whole plot was and yeah. above it is a roller coaster because as i mentioned before i don't care for roller coasters so and the only mm-hmm. thing i hate more than roller coasters are circuses so yeah that should uh, inform you of my uh like those are easily like the bottom tier of mm. those three ones there so yeah those are my rankings for yes. the gonna do today and obviously Duke backstories, we don't have anything for songs. I think we're deciding not to do quirky worky song at this yeah, point. Yeah, I think time. I think we're just gonna add uh the Shimmy Jimmy song and Evil Boys. Yeah. Yes. And if but, anyone's upset, they can add us. But respectfully though. Respectfully add us. Um mm-hmm. uh for me, the songs, uh let's start with Shimmy Jimmy. Uh, Shimmy Jimmy I have at 11 under My Goody Two-Shoes Brother and above My Undead Mummy. I could switch them, but I just was like bopping along to Shimmy Jimmy earlier today. So we enjoyed that one. Um, Shimmy Jimmy is down at 15 for me. Um, well, I, And I think everything in the top 15 is a song I enjoy, uh, but I, I have it right below He's Bigfoot and above uh, Go Phineas Go. I, I, I think it's you know, a catchy song. You, you like to jam along with it, but uh, I'm not going to remember it a week from now. That's fair. Maybe I should put it a little lower, but yeah. Navi? Yeah, so I have Shimmy Jimmy second to last. Only uh, Go Phineas Go is uh, below it. So that's where that one goes. I'm still deciding where I want to put the other song. I know where evil. You know, in in hindsight, I I do have the she's Candace song as my last one, and go Phineas go right above that. Um, in in hindsight, I don't think she's Candace is is the worst song in this show. Yeah, that's what uh, I've been saying. <laughs> yeah, I, I I I I'll get to this later. I already moved the theme song up a few spots because I've been criminally underrating it for the past few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but in in the next couple weeks, I'm I'm sure. Uh, my mind will change and I will move. She's Candace higher. Um, I I will stump for Go Phineas Go. It's catchy. <laughs> um, but in terms of Evil Boys, uh, we don't have a new number one, but we do have a new number two here. Mm. Uh, it goes right under Get You Get You Go, above when we didn't get along and in the mall. Uh, so Evil Boys, it's just so memorable. I can sing it. I could sing it before this. Like at least the the hook I could sing. Mm-hmm. And, just so memorable the visuals help the like iconicness of not being the real candace voice is also a factor i just mm-hmm. not get you get you goo but it's second right now i don't know how you feel uh yeah so i i maybe have a new new top five in general uh, uh like i said last week i think the theme song 
uh, was kind of getting like the, uh, you could maybe call this like the, the Panic at the Disco High Hopes treatment, where <laughs> I, thought it, I thought it was a worse song than it was because I listened to it so much. It's, it's mm-hmm. the song that you get every episode. Uh, so, so it, it doesn't, it doesn't feel terribly new. It's, it's almost overplayed within the context of the other songs. Um, but no, it, it slaps. The theme song slaps. Uh, it's, I have moved that up from, from about, it was about eight or nine last week. The theme song is top five for me. It's number five. Uh, and then I have Evil Boys at number four right ahead of that. Uh, so my, my top five, I have Gitchy Gitchy Goo. Uh, the Perry the Platypus theme, Goody Two Shoes Brother, Evil Boys, and the the theme song. Yeah, no, it's it's such a banger. Like regardless of where you put it, at least as long as you respect it as a banger. Mm-hmm. Um, Navi. Yeah, so Evil Boys is in my top five. I have it at number four, right between Perry the Platypus and My Nemesis. Uh, I can, I can see myself moving it up because I've already like moved stuff up and down on this tier or on this ranking already. And especially uh, the more I look at I'm Lindana and I want to have fun, I really want to move it up to the top five, but it's Mm -hmm. at number seven right now. I think I'm just going to keep saying this every time we're in the song rankings. Yeah, I I, I, I think every time we've talked about this, you've, you've moved up that song. Yeah. (laughs) And I want to move it up again. Uh, I'll wait till the season one uh, re- recap and I'll reorder everything. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, so my new top five is Gitchy Gitchy Goo, Goody Two Shoes Brother, Pair of the Platypus, Evil Boys, and My Nemesis. Those are, that's my top five song ranking at this time. Knocking off Swinter down at number six. Finally, it was knocked out. You love Swinter too, so that must have been painful. It was, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Then... I, I mean, the more I look at it, the more I want to move my nemesis down. This is, uh, we're at the point now where we have, uh, we've had like a good bunch of songs where it's uh-huh. getting harder to like figure out where to rank them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're only on episode yeah. eight. Imagine yeah. like episode 25,000. There are there are really good songs outside of my top ten. Yeah. Backyard Beach is outside of my top ten, and I love that song. Yeah, it's just so wild. Um, I feel like the songs are the hardest thing, even though the, we do episodes last. I feel like, mm-hmm. yeah. So well, it's because I I think with with the episodes we're able to like be a little bit more critical and be like this one didn't hit for me as much. But like all, all, all of these, I love almost all of these songs. It's, it's hard to be objective about it. Um, and even, even like being subjective about it, it's hard to say, oh, I love this one more than I love this one when I, whenever I love them both. Yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, should we get to episodes? Yeah, let's do yeah. it. Now that we mentioned it. Um, these two episodes, Jerk de Soleil and Toy to the World, I'll start with my lower episode. I had Toy to the World at 12, in between Roller Coaster and Raging Bully with Roller Coaster at 11. So I just thought it was kind of basic, not a ton of memorability. Phineas wasn't a jackass, so I don't know why it's under Roller Coaster, but it just feels like it belongs right here. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you two? Where do you I also have it at twelve? That's that's uh, where I have it between Roller Coaster and uh, Fast and the Phineas. Nice and Navi. 
So I have Dirk de Soleil at number 14. It's second last, Ooh. right? Between Lights, Candace, Action, Mount Rushmore. Like the only aspect of this episode that I remotely like liked that wasn't like just an average subpar thing was the song. Like the song carried that episode. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't justify putting the it the higher. Yeah, the voiceinator was pretty good too. But I don't know. I couldn't justify putting it higher than that. Like it's definitely not at the like bottom tier level that is lights Candace action, but I still like was just kind of eh on it overall. So mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and then so where do you have Toy to the World? We can go in reverse. Toy to the stuff. World is at number 12 between Race Car and Mount Rushmore. So we all so, have it at 12. Just yeah. Synergy. Uh, I like J.K. Simmons this episode. I like the weird Oompa Loompa thing that happened out of nowhere. Like, I, it was uh-huh. just, so I thought, like, I enjoyed that more than, like, just the song itself in Jerk de Soleil, so. That's fair, that's fair. William, where do you have it? I have Jerk de Soleil at number nine. I have it in between Get That Bigfoot Out of My Face and Are You My Mummy. Um, it, it definitely carried by the voiceinator and... Uh, even though I had the voice in Ader, uh, middle to low, um, I, I, I guess I liked the story around the voice in Ader more than I liked the the innator itself. So maybe maybe because I think in in past weeks we were we were factoring in maybe the storyline. Uh, so maybe mm-hmm. I would maybe I would move the voice in Ader up a little bit. But uh, I, I I I really love the song. Uh, I really love the all of the costumes in in the circus. Um, but the yeah the the plot of it is just just kind of okay. Uh, so this, yeah. is, this is number nine for me. See, I have this at seven above the Magnificent Few, which I might switch in a week. But I just think the Evil Boy song is so memorable. Like the Candace plot and then the Duplicates plot raise it. And the circus was not like a snooze. It was just not the most interesting thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, any final thoughts on these episodes before we do plugs? I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, Will, do you want to do plugs first? Let's do, let's like combine both your pop culture plug and your podcast plug. Uh, Sure. Yeah. So I, I like most people uh, watched the WandaVision finale last week. That's, that's Mm kind of what I, what I was biggest into. Uh, Really, really enjoyed it. Like, liked how they wrapped up that little series. It got me very excited for, for uh, future of of the movies that are about to come out, yeah. Uh, so so that's that's maybe my plug for this week is Wandavision. Um, so we, what did we do on EATV this week? Oh, we we made our own uh, streaming service. Uh, so so uh, if if our podcast were to become a streaming service, uh, we sort of uh, charted out some programming of of what that would look like and what what all shows we would have on there. Uh, so that was very fun. You can you can follow that anywhere at EATV Podcast. Uh, that was that was a good time. Uh, and tomorrow I am recording an episode of Wombat Water uh, on egg. Yay! Uh, I was I was gonna not spoil what we were talking about. Oh my bad. But uh, uh, yeah, so that that will be on the lookout in in the Wombat Water feed for for a a fun episode. Uh, very excited. Uh, we're we're. Uh, having a little reunion with with uh, my alliance from the Animal Crossing Survivor game we played. Right. And all of us nice. will be back there for that. I, I'm 
very excited to, to, to talk to them on this episode. That's so exciting. We love the Wombat Water crew. Miss um, Navi, what about you? What do you have going on? What did you have going on last week? So uh, this should definitely be out on the main feed by this point. But as mentioned at the top of the show, I was on community building with Josh Wiggler and Jess Sterling over on Post Show Recaps. We talked about season one, episode five of Community, Advanced Criminal Law. That was a ton of fun. I, I was probably a bit higher on the episode than those two were, but it was still fun talking through it all and uh, sort of dissecting it. Uh, as for social media, you can follow me on Twitter and also on Clubhouse now. Uh, Cuz I'm Navi. I just joined this morning. Like Felipe sent me the invitation like what, two weeks ago? And I just yeah. got on it this morning. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, you can find me on there. I still have no idea what it's really about. I haven't really joined in on anything, um, but I'm excited to finally see what all the hubbub's about on that. Yeah. Um, as for pop culture plugs, I mentioned before how I finished playing through the Ace Attorney original trilogy. So now I'm playing through one of the spinoffs. Uh, so that's been fun. I've been doing a lot of Big Brother Canada, um, watching with the more so with the feeds and over the weekend. Actually, we were talking in the pre-show that, uh, Will's brother, Nathan is now texting me about Big Brother Canada. He's, he's just now trying to text me masked singer spoiler. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Which I'm going to go look up right now. He, he said, I, I just saw spoilers for The Masked Singer, and I'm done. And I said, well, please don't spoil me. Uh, I want to I find out on my own. Even though I, I don't watch The Masked Singer a whole lot, um, I don't want to be spoiled. I'm not going to say it, but I just looked up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, um, so... Uh, that, those are my pop culture plugs. Oh, I've been watching a lot of Dawson's Creek recently because of Shit 90 Shows Taught Me. Uh, they got me intrigued to watch the episode to watch this series uh so far i hate it but i'm i'm a big fan of hate watching things so don't go on twitter it's trending don't go on twitter the messenger's trending okay yeah i'll have to just watch the episode then yeah (laughs) it'll probably be on hulu tomorrow yeah just go to bed after this All right, and those are my pop culture plugs. <laughs> I just I didn't plug brother. my Twitter. I'm very bad at doing that. I I always remember to plug the podcast that I'm on, but I never yeah. tell people to follow me at Davis Comma Will on Twitter. Yeah. Um. Well, see, you can follow me if you want. I'm private right now. I will be for another few weeks at least. Um, at what the fleet, but I, I'll probably accept you if you're a what you doing listener. Um, and then you can follow what you doing pod and Brazil Dragon Pod on Twitter um that's where we're doing all my content brazilian dragon we are doing scooby-doo and the legend of the vampire they go to australia we're recording that in a few minutes um and then what's after oh we're doing a luck of the irish podcast with the mm-hmm. aforementioned jason curtis rivera um and jordy future and guest. yes future guests of our podcast too um and yeah that's what we're doing over there um we also have some more content coming up. Uh, I was recently on Inga in there. It's, I, it wasn't out when we did the podcast last time. So um, go listen to that. And uh, yeah, other than that, uh, my pop culture plug, I watched Upload on Amazon Prime. Oh, I like that show. 
Yeah. With so the uh, Robbie Amell? Yes. Uh, and also, uh, what's her name? Andy Allo, who played mm. Nora. I really like her. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's about it for us. Next week, we'll be talking about what episodes will. Next week is another two-parter. It's one good scare ought to do it. Yes. Is that uh, our introduction to Susie? I think so. I think this is an episode where maybe uh, Isabella has the hiccups and we and we make a haunted house to try and scare the hiccups out of Isabella. Yeah. Um, and then after after that, we've got a, a, a great lineup of guests following following next week's episode that I, for one, am very excited about. I'm <laughs> very excited, too. Um, but until next time, everyone, go watch The Masked Singer. And, <laughs> and don't spoil thoughts. me, damn it. Yeah, Nathan. <laughs> uh, but until next time, bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Psst, ma'am. Candace, have you been near the wild parsnips again? Yes, but you gotta see what Phineas and Ferb are doing. What is it now? Those boys are always up to something. And it's bringing me to tears, because just before you get home, it always just magically disappears. Those boys are evil. But before you get home, they somehow always clean up the mess. Testify, Candice, testify. Those boys are evil. Let me spell it out for your mom. E-V-I-L-B-O-Y-S. They built a roller coaster and a beach in the backyard. Drove cattle through the city and messed up the boulevard. They took me back in time when we went to that museum. They built 50-foot treehouse robots, but still you didn't see them. Those boys are evil. The crazy shenanigans caused me all kinds of distress. Those boys are evil. Sing it with me. E-V-I-L-B-O-I-S. You think the saints, but mom, I'm here to tell the B O Y S. They're just E V I L. Those boys are evil. They're making me feel like my head's in a hydraulic press, and that don't feel too good. Those boys are evil. Everybody, E V I L B O I S. That's what I'm talking about. E V I L B O I S. Okay, Mom, so you gonna come home with me? Are you kidding, hon? Let's do another! Ah.